I'm Ted Baker in the studios of WEOS and WHWS at the Scanling Center here at the colleges, and this is the Hobart Hockey Podcast, Episode 1. Why haven't we done this before? We're the head coach of the Statesman, the National Champion Statesman, and the National Coach of the Year, Mark Taylor. Good to talk to you again. Great to be here. I think the last time I saw you was at the uh, celebration right up the hall following <laughs> yeah. the championship. Now that you've had some time to think about it, uh, what do you make of all that? What do you remember from this championship run? Ah, it was just a, it was a, certainly a great time, great uh, great year all the way around. There was a lot going on that year, and um, certainly some special things happened to us uh, after the win. And uh, um, but it's this time of the year where we're getting back after twenty three, twenty four. I've watched this program for a long time, and I've seen some good hockey. And it really occurred to me about mid-year, probably 1st of January, I started saying, this team is good enough, they could go all the way. When did you have that feeling? I, you know what? Uh, I mean, we've, as I said to our team, we, we've had some pretty good teams in the past, and we've had times where we probably could have won it and you know, maybe didn't have the mojo or certainly uh, one of our key players went down with mono one year and you know, some of those curveballs throw, throw a wrench in it for any team. I mean, you've got to be good, you've got to be lucky, and you have to have some special mojo. But um, it was a couple plays. I'm sure you remember the play when Luke uh, Quarrel passed the puck to Jonah Hilalier to win it against... Uh, a very good Trinity team, and a couple moments during the year where look, we were. As I looked at my assistant and said, "You know, we got we got something special going on," um, and we just tried to keep that together and make sure we could run it all the way to the end of the year. And you did it with a lot of young players. I mean, you never know what you're going to get. You can see a guy, you can watch him as a recruit, but you never know until he laces them up. And and you had guys that just stepped right up, bought into what you do. And fit right in. Yeah. No, and, and that's what I say. I mean, we've, we've been in the NCAA tournament eight years in a row, and guys have been doing it. It's just like going into this year. It's, uh, uh, you know, people talk about the expectations and all that. And, and that, that, that's really, uh, now you got a national championship chip tag, but quite honestly, you know, when you're number one and you're playing number four, you got a target on your back. When you're number five playing uh, number eight, you got a target on your back. And, you know, we've established ourselves as a, a perennial power in Division Three, much like, say, your Oswego's and uh, Norwich's and so on. So every time you play a, a team that you have a ton of respect for, uh, if you're the underdog, they got a target on their back. So um, that's not a, a huge piece for us. Our biggest thing is make sure we're going to be the, the best version of ourselves. Not very much turnover this year. How did that change recruiting, if at all? Um, it, it didn't. I mean, you're always uh, you have to bring in a, a certain size class to to keep you know parity in your team and keep consistency. And uh, you know, so we had you know three forwards that uh, don't return to the roster and uh, and one defenseman. So um, you know, we brought in a, a basic minimal class of you know usually you bring in three to four forwards and two defensemen so that's you know we, we looked at just that type size of a class but also um you know i've learned enough over time of uh, listening to people that know more than i know and watching teams uh at all different levels and you know it was certainly i knew that it was important to uh, as every year you reinvent yourself a little bit um, and you and you need that competition. So um, we knew we needed to bring you know good players in to certainly help fill the void of the guys that left and uh, uh, that were key contributors uh, here for sure. And also uh, to to help us reform again. You know you don't have to reform if you don't have to make any adjustments. So um, you know I think that's been healthy for us. 
Talk about the goaltenders. I mean, you had two guys that were among the best in the nation and a third that was hurt for part of the year that a lot of people were saying was just as good as those other two. Yep. No, there's no question. Our goaltending is in, is in a great place. And what's exciting to see is how they came back. You know, nobody, uh, not one guy on the team came back not ready to play or in shape. And, and that can happen. You can kind of rest on your laurels a little bit. And uh, nobody nobody has done that. The guys came back uh, ready to go on the off-ice training. They look good there. And on the ice, the same thing. And their focus and, uh, and, and, and what they're looking to get done is, is right on mark. One of the things you've been able to do the last couple of years is forecheck really hard, but you don't get beat back the other way. Those defensemen, they'll get deep into the play, but they're always getting back. You, you don't give up very many two-on-ones or three-on-twos out of that tough forecheck. Yeah, you know, and, and that's part of our theme. Like it's a, it's a big signage right in our locker room of have a, having a passion for offense but having a commitment for defense. And um, that was the way I was coached. I was a defenseman. I, I loved it. It was converted from being a forward. And I love to be in the offense. I love to score goals as a defenseman. And it was a pretty simple uh, um, formula for me with my coaches is if you're getting it done on the defensive side of the puck, have fun on the offensive side of the puck. And uh, um, are we a defensive first uh, uh, team? Yeah, in terms of you got to have that part of your game in check. But that doesn't make us not an offensive team. Part of it, too, is your depth. I mean, I, I watched during the postseason, you're, you're rolling four lines out there. I mean, you, your 19th skater was out there taking regular shifts in overtime in the national championship game. Yeah, you know, you, you got to have that depth. You know, and, and part of being lucky to, to win is, you know, the number of injuries you have. Um, you know, I coached a couple of the Adrian kids at the World University Games, and, you know, fortunately for us, one of their best ones was out of it, you know, and much like us. We were out, uh, Gagik and uh, Matt Iacenza, two key players for us, and, uh, and Adrian was out two key players. And, uh, um, you know, it could be a different game if they're out one more player, we're out one more player, and, and that's the lucky piece of it. But you got to have people in the, in, in the wings, and, uh, you know, and it's not just a guy that's a playing a backup role, uh, per se, is who's playing their best hockey. And, you know, it's a difference between one guy putting down an ace and one guy putting down a king and the guy that's putting down an ace plays. A key part of your success was Tommy Fiorentino. He moves on now. Tell us about your new assistant. Yep, Nico Kovacs is uh, uh, excited to have him on board. He played for Jason Lammers. I don't know if you remember, Jason was an assistant for me here in my uh, second year. Um, and he played for him at Niagara University. So there's a little uh, in-house connection there with him. And, uh, and it's a nice addition because uh, Nico played defense. We got a veteran uh, decor. He was a very smart, headsy defenseman at uh, Niagara. Actually played with one of my former teammates' uh, bro- uh, son. So um, great connection there. So I think he can bring uh, he can bring stuff to the D court. Plus he brings a nuance. I've been coaching the D for a couple of years since Tommy was here uh, because I was a defenseman and Tommy was a forward, and it just made good good sense. I don't care what end of the bench I'm uh, standing on. Um, but that, that I think that change will uh, be refreshing for the guys. You know, the forwards will now have that coach parking at them. So um, you know there'll be some nuances. Uh, even though we're in, in, you know, it's not like we're trying to do the same thing. 
it'll be a different year. How we go about it will be different and um, so on and so forth. And, of course, a big part of what he does is recruiting. And you've really, you know, we talked about, uh, we always joked about we did the, the weather for Minsk last year and for Yellowknife and the Northwest Territories. Yeah. You've really got a wide recruiting footprint and winning a title. I mean, now, you know, people are going to know who you are everywhere you go. Yep, yep. No, no question. The recruiting, uh, and it was funny. You thought the, you think the recruiting would have been easy, real easy last year, and um, and sometimes it was tough. You know, we had one kid decide to go to another very good school just because he felt he would have more opportunity to play there because they were more of in a rebuild transition stage. And uh, uh, even though we had high expectations for him here, so yeah, all, all that's relevant. Um, uh, but certainly it helps us. It, 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 quite honestly, Ted, it hasn't changed a ton because, you know, we, we've had the program right up there knocking on the door and, you know, now that we got the title, it's a, it's a feather in the cap, but, um, we still got to be who we've been. I don't know that the average fan realizes how thin the margin is in hockey. You know, every year, if you don't win your conference title, there aren't very many at-large bids. There have been a lot of years where we're sitting around going, oh, here's Hobart with five or six losses, and here's a bunch of other teams with five or six, and, and who gets in? And you've been fortunate enough to get some of those at-large bids. But the, the difference between being a tournament team and not is not very much. Yeah, it's, it's a very fine line. And, uh, um, you know, that's, that's a part that, you know, as I said to the guys, you know, the, you, you, you know we've been doing it for a long time because we started you know the ECAC West where you didn't have an automatic. And uh, quite honestly, it, you know, I think that served us well in the end. I think it puts stripes on our shoulders for, you know, we, we take every game very seriously. It doesn't matter who we're playing because if you don't win the games you should, uh, they're going to come back to bite you. And uh, so, you know, for us, that's been who we are here and taking every game seriously. You got to win it and put yourself in the best position because, you know, there's, there's a bounce of a puck could change things pretty quick. And uh, you want to give yourself two chances to get into the tournament. You have the at-large bids and you have, you have the automatic. And, uh, you know, a decade ago, we didn't have the automatic, so we had to make sure we got in in a different way. You've been doing this for a long time, lots of games, lots of practices out there with a whistle around your neck. What does it mean to be named National Coach of the Year? Uh, it's, uh, it, it's, it's humbling because, you know, I have a ton of respect for, you know, a lot of the coaches and, uh, um, you know, and, and, and for me, it's just, it's a self-satisfying for the program and the players. I mean, you don't get that if you don't win and you don't win if you don't have players doing what they do. And, uh, you know, I know for the alums and former players, uh, it meant a lot to them too. Um, so yes, it, you know, anytime you, your peers, uh, uh, you know, so an accolade on you, you you're, you're definitely appreciative of it. Um, probably the best thing about it was, you know, one of my strongest mentors, Bill Beanie, uh, jumped in a car, drove down from South Carolina to, to be there uh, for the honor. He's won it like four times in a row. So <laughs> I don't think I'll catch him, but, um, you know, that was, the, that was the best moment of it. You know, trophies are trophies. Uh, moments, uh, moments last forever. Not a big surprise. You're number one in the preseason poll. Adrian's number two. D does that mean anything to you? 
other than there's the big target on your back. Now you're everybody's game of the year when they play you. Right. Well, ho- hopefully, hopefully we're that way all year long. But uh, it doesn't. I haven't even seen the poll. I didn't even know it came out yet. So, um, but you know that's how it works. Whoever wins is number one, usually coming back for the next year, unless they have a you know a massive turnover or what have you. Um, you know, us two are in the final game, and uh, uh, we were both pretty good every single year. So, not not surprised that's where they have us. But like I, I mentioned earlier, the target's on the back from the get go. You know. So let's talk a little bit about the upcoming season, which yep. starts this weekend with exhibition games. Yep. Yeah, the, to, to, for us, they're real games. I mean, uh, uh, you don't play that many hockey games in college hockey and, uh, and at the Division three level. So um, we play Friday, Saturday night exhibition games because we play Friday, Saturday night regular season games. Um, you know, they don't uh, go on your record, so to speak, but... You know, how we approach them, and I'm certain, you know, Nazareth was uh, in the championship game against Utica last year. They returned most of the team. They're going to be a good team, and I know it's being posted on their bulletin board of, hey, we have to, you know, we got a chance to beat these guys. And uh, and Cortland's a very good team uh, as well. You know, I think the only thing they lost was their goalie last year. They returned a potent offense, and uh, um, so great test for us right out of, right out of the gate. Um, and, again, We'll stay with the same mindset of every game matters. And, you know, if a fan comes to the games this weekend, they're not going to notice anything different between uh, whether it's a regular season game or an exhibition game. You know, no different than in Division One. You know, you go to BU playing McGill University, you know, it's packed because it's a hockey game. Um, you know, scrimmages where you're, you know, stopping and play in the middle, <laughs> middle of the game and that adding a power play, those aren't so fan appealing. But our games are going to be games. And then the regular season, you open at Oswego State, at Potsdam, and then come home with Norwich. I mean, that's, uh, you know, you can't rest on your laurels there. You're national champions. You know, if you don't take care of business, you can be 0 3. Right. Yeah, 100%. And and that's pretty much it every year. I mean, we're usually starting with Oswego uh, every year, and uh, certainly a North Country tr- trip is always uh, a good challenge right from the get go. But that, that's what you want. I mean, uh, I've never looked for, I don't even know what my record is. I don't care. You know, it's to, to me is guys want to play heated hockey games and, uh, and compete and come out with a win uh, versus just showing up and ropey doping a puck around. I think it's either 327 or 328 wins. I forgot which. But... I'll, I'll, let you keep, I'll let you keep, <laughs> I keep count. Yeah, yeah, I keep track of that stuff. Uh, I know that... we lost two games last year that we're trying to fix. So. <laughs> yeah, 29 and 2, that's all. Yeah. Huh? <laughs> I mean, just it was just such a, a storybook year just to watch, especially, you know, I keep going back to the night before or the two nights before the semifinals and Adrian, you know, that eight to seven game. I mean, that's an offensive powerhouse that you held down in that championship game. Yeah, no, it was uh, um, it, it was good. I mean, you know, I, I felt our decor and our goaltending was going to be huge. And, you know, I just I had a real good feeling with where we were at as a team. You know, I just, uh, I thought if we uh, did what, we, we stayed our course and did what we did, we had a real good chance. And and uh, like I said, they're, they're, they're a heck of a hockey team. And, you know, hopefully our, you know, the difference probably was, you know, our mojo may have been just a little bit better. You know, um, both teams are outstanding teams. Let's talk about the parents and the families. I mean, hockey families especially, they all remember 5 a.m. youth hockey practices because that's when the only time you could get the rank. I mean, they're... They're committed families. 
Yeah. Oh, no question. I mean, and, and I think, you know, uh, certainly, you know, I'm, I'm a big believer of, you know, a lot of the, and, and it's been a, it's been a privilege for my position as a head coach, is you get to see um, the product of some kids. And it's, it's not surprising that it, you, you, you follow the trail back to the parents or the grandparents, and you can see some of the, where the qualities, those good qualities come from. Um, but uh, certainly the parents, the alums, everybody behind the program. I mean, it was awesome when we came back and, you know, how it affected a lot of our fans in town here. Uh, and that, that, that was the best part for me. That was the trophy for me. It was great to see so many Hobart people up there just making noise in Massachusetts. Yeah, it, it was great. You know, I, I saw two alums I hadn't seen in a long time. And, you know, the night before they're in a, they're in a pub together and, uh, in Fort Lauderdale and they looked at each other and said, let's go. And they went and jumped on a plane with the clothes on their back and showed up for the championship game. And, you know, those, those are the, the moments and the stories that, uh, it's what, what it should be all about. You know, it's, uh, wins are wins. Um, but, uh, being together as, you know, teammates or fans, you know, uh, and doing it, going about it the right way is, is, is what's special. I was the broadcaster at the University of Massachusetts back when you were an assistant at Lowell. They brought their program back. They took their lumps. One of my best friends in the world is the Brock Hines, who did color at UMass, and they won the championship in Division One two years ago. And I said, okay, now it's got to be my turn the next year, and it was. So I, <laughs> I thank you for letting me uh, be a part of that, and I enjoyed that so much. It was just it was what a great moment and a great season, and we're looking forward to another one this year. Sounds good. We'll be going after it. All right, and you'll hear uh, many of those games, all of the home games, of course, on uh, 105.7 WHWS. Uh, this has been uh, Episode 1 of the Hobart Hockey Podcast. Hopefully more to come. You can find these podcasts wherever you get podcasts, Apple and Amazon and Google Podcasts, and, of course, your official site for all things HWS Athletics is hwsathletics.com. We've been talking with Coach Mark Taylor. Uh, best of luck in the year to come. Thank you very much. Have a good day.